This is episode number 119 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannard. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Fearless Presentations podcast. This is Doug Standard, CEO of the Leaders Institute and Fearless Presentations. And this is the podcast that helps people just like you become more powerful presenters, more confident speakers, and really just to get up and give that presentation that you've always wanted to deliver. This is episode number 119, and we're going to work on on this episode. We're going to talk about personality, strengths, and weaknesses, because sometimes folks will kind of think, ah, you know, I'm just not a great public speaker, or, or you know, that, that person is just a natural speaker, that kind of thing. And we're going to talk about how where that, the, that thought process comes from and how to actually use it to help you reduce public speaking fear. This is episode number 119. And uh, by the way, the podcast is brought to you by fearlesspresentations.com. So if you're interested in any of our classes or coaching or training, you know, make sure to go to fearlesspresentations.com for for details. Um, One other quick thing. In the last few weeks, I started another podcast. It's called High Impact Leaders. Sometimes folks will kind of say, God, Doug, you're with the Leaders Institute. Why are you know, why are you doing public speaking training and not leadership training? We do. We do a ton of leadership stuff as well. And it's one of those things that I've been wanting to do for for quite a while. It's just, I mean, I spend so many hours every week putting together the Fearless Presentations podcast. I didn't want to... Um, kind of take on a new project that was just going to to cost more time. Um, so um, what's happened, though, in the last few weeks is that we've I've really, really been able to kind of streamline my organization where um, a lot of my leaders are now taking some of the some of the stuff that I was doing as the as the you know, owner of my company and, and they're, they've kind of taken it off my plate. And so it's been, we've been able to do that leadership podcast, which I've really, really wanted to do for quite a while called High Impact Leaders. Uh, if you haven't listened to it yet, uh, you can go to iTunes. Uh, in fact, you, if you have an iPhone, just kind of say, you know, hey, Siri, uh, open up the High Impact Leaders podcast and, and she'll pull it right up for you. Um, if you don't have an iPhone, then just go to uh, Google Play or or um, any of the other podcasting type services and just type in High Impact Leaders. You should find it fairly quickly and easily. All right. So let's get on with today's podcast. Hey, so the title of this session is uh, Personality Strengths and Weaknesses That Lead to um, Reduce Public Speaking Fear. And if you if you kind of understand what I'm going to cover in the first 10 minutes or so of this podcast, it can open up a lot of doors for you, not just in public speaking, but in a lot of other things as well. Um, the, to give you kind of the background here, from time to time, I'll hear people say things like, oh, she's a natural speaker. And then on the, on the other hand, I'll also hear you know, things like, I've always been a terrible speaker. Um, both of these statements may be somewhat true, but both of those statements are actually really false. No, nobody comes out of the womb uh, a, a fantastic orator. And in addition, every single person that I've ever coached has the talent to speak. Most people just fail to develop that natural talent that they have. And, and one of the things that you want to keep in mind is that your personality strengths and weaknesses will often lead you to think 
one way or the other, either either um, either that you're a great speaker or that somebody else is a natural speaker. It, it, a lot of that comes from the strengths and weaknesses that we have at our personality temperaments. Um, and just so you know, every personality temperament has some strengths when they communicate. And of course, you know, each of them also has weaknesses as well. So if you understand your personal personality strengths and weaknesses, you can maximize your strengths and minimize your weaknesses. And as a side benefit, the process is also going to be helpful to help you reduce public speaking fear as well. So before we cover the strengths and weaknesses of each one of the personality temperaments, let me give, kind of give you a little background about the history of personality temperaments and this theory. And, and um, if you've ever done a Myers-Briggs test or a DISC profile test or any of the other gazillion types of personality temperament tests that are out there. I know a lot of human resource folks are really into the doing the personality temperament stuff. Um, if you have ever paid somebody <laughs> to tell you what your personality temperament is, God help you, because you don't need to do that. It's actually really, really simple. I'm going to go through in the first 10 minutes here, I'll, I'll go through where the theory comes from. And if I have time, I'll, I'll kind of explain to you why some people have have kind of built people out of a lot of money, getting them, you know, doing personality temperament tests and stuff like that. Um, but mainly, I mean, the, the, the theory goes all the way back to like ancient Egypt, <laughs> but the first person to actually put it into writing and, and make it a part of medicine or, or psychology was Hippocrates. Now Hippocrates lived like 300 BC, 350 BC, somewhere around that time frame. And he was the first one to use it and use the personality temperament concept in medicine. Um, and yes, Hippocrates is that guy that if you've ever watched any of the the TV um, uh, medical dramas, the the Hippocratic Oath, do no harm. Is that that actually comes from Hippocrates. That's that's where that oath comes from. Um, and basically, what happened twenty three hundred years ago is Hippocrates was trying to figure out why. People with the same education, same religious beliefs, same experiences, and and many to oftentimes the same teachers could look at data, the exact same pieces of data, and then draw two totally different conclusions to that data. And he theorized that different people had different personality, what he called personality temperaments. And these temperaments are are the types that cause people to see the world through different filters. For example, um, let's just say that you bring two friends to an art museum and you give one friend a pair of glasses that has a red film over the lenses. Well, when that person, when he looks at all the art, every single piece of art that he looks at is going to have a red tint. Now, at the same time, you give another friend a pair of yellow tinted glasses. And when she looks at the art, everything has a, a yellow tint to it, a yellow color. So at the end of the tour, you ask your friends to describe their favorite pieces. And although all three of you looked at the exact same pieces, the descriptions that you'll hear from each of the three, the, the description that you will have and the description that your two friends will have will probably be quite different because of the different filters that we've, we've seen the art through. And personality strengths and weaknesses kind of work in a similar way. So some people are very detail-oriented, for instance, while others just like to look at the big picture. Um, in addition, some people are really forward and outgoing, while others are more reserved. And of course, some people absolutely love getting up and speaking in front of a group, while others absolutely detest it. I don't, you can't get me in front of a group. Um, so if you kind of understand um, that th this concept of personality temperaments, it makes it a little bit easier to to uncover what these real strengths and weaknesses are. 
So getting back to Hippocrates a little bit, his, his students identify, he and his students, basically, they identified four major personality temperaments. And the theory was just really simple. And, and it's, it's easy to understand because there, are, there really are only two metrics that, they're, that they were examining. The first met- metric measures whether the person is more of a direct person or an indirect person. And, and the second metric was whether the person is more people-oriented or logic-oriented. And they use different terms, but I'm using kind of modern-day terminology for this. But the theory, it, it's, it's so simple, but it's very, very useful if you kind of understand those two metrics. So basically, to determine your personality strengths and weaknesses, you just have to ask yourself two questions. The first question is, are you more of a direct person or are you more of an indirect person? Indirect people tend to be more cautious. They tend to want to move a little more slowly in order to not make a mistake. Whereas direct people tend to react more quickly. They, they realize that, that they're going to make mistakes, but they would much rather make a mistake versus missing out on an opportunity. They, they, they want to move faster so as to not miss that opportunity. Um, so basically what you would do is you kind of ask, you know, if I'm, am I more on the indirect side? Am I more of a cautious kind of person or am I more of a direct person? Am I, am I more of a, of a spontaneous type person? Now, the, the thing about kind of measuring yourself is some people will like to say, well, I'm pretty balanced. I think I'm both, right? Well, you're not. You, you can't be both hot and cold, <laughs> right? You can't be, you know, you know, it's basically you're either indirect or you're direct. And, and um, now it, there's different degrees. So like, for instance, if you happen to be way on the extreme indirect side, then you might, you might be so cautious that you never actually make a decision. Now that would be way extreme and nobody's going to be way f- that far on the extreme. And then on the other side, you, if you're, if you're just absolutely direct, you could make decisions without really thinking about the consequences. And so um, nobody's really that far direct either. So we're always somewhere in between, but we're either on, you know, a little bit on one way or a little bit on the other side. So the second metric that you want to measure yourself on is, are you more of a people oriented person or logical? And originally when I started doing this type of training, I used to ask people whether they were more of an emotional type person or logical. Um, emotional is, we, we I kind of rephrase that as people oriented because sometimes folks would kind of think of the word emotional and think of it as being kind of a negative. Oh, he's so emotional or she's so emotional, that kind of thing. That's not really what we're talking about. People oriented folks tend to look at things that are in the world about how, based on how they're going to affect other people. Uh, the, they 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 are more likely to kind of analyze the decision that they're going to make on how that decision is going to hurt or help other people. Logical people tend to look at the world based on facts and data and figures, that kind of thing. So um, so if you kind of understand which of those two um, metrics, what your answer is to each one of those two metric systems, it's very easy to see what your real strengths and weaknesses are when you're dealing with, with people and when you're speaking in front of a group and if you want to be the leader of an organization or if you want to get promoted. So this process is really simple. It's easy to understand. In addition, you don't have to purchase expensive tests to determine a person's personality strengths and weaknesses. So um, just kind of keep that in mind. So let me, let me kind of explain the terms that 
are used. These are terms that you'll see if you do any type of research online. You'll you'll see some of these terms that I'm going to mention here in the next few minutes that that pop up a lot, and I'll kind of explain to you why those terms pop up. Um, but the first one, if you happen to be more of an indirect kind of person and you're more people oriented, so you're more cautious, but you you make your decisions based on how those decisions are going to affect people. You're what we what I call an amiable. Psychologists will call this a phlegmatic it's a weird word and that's why I don't use that term, but it's, it's based it, the, the terms that are used to describe the personality temperaments actually go back to a hundred years after Hippocrates, a, few, a couple hundred years after Hippocrates. Um, and there was this weird theory that they had that the personality temperaments were caused by the, the, um, the amount of body fluids that you had in your body. So if you had too much blood, you were going to be one of the, of the, um, temperaments. If you had too much phlegm, then you would be a phlegm phlegmatic, right? So, I mean, obviously that's, that, that, that's a, it's a weird theory. And that theory was discredited fairly early in the, the process. But the, the concept of the personality temperaments though, kind of stuck around. And, and I guess, I, I don't know why uh, psychologists still try to use these, these words to describe people, because in today's world, it just kind of gets confusing. So. I'm going to use more personable kind of terms to explain it. And if you want to kind of see the psychological terms, you can always go to the the show notes. I've got them in the show notes and everything. But amiable, though, indirect and people oriented. The amiable personality type is fairly easygoing. They, they kind of get along with others really well. And they're often the peacemakers in organizations. They're very friendly, but they're not particularly outgoing. Their, their real strengths are that they are just extremely likable. They're trustworthy. They build great relationships with others. Their biggest weaknesses, though, are that they tend to be more shy and introverted. So the amiable type makes they can make fantastic speakers because they're so likable. However, they they often don't like to be the center of attention. So as a result, they, they're more self-conscious. So they're more likely to have a higher level of nervousness when they get up to speak in front of a group. The second one, the second um, temperament, or, or personality type is what we call the analytical. And this is indirect, similar to the amiable, but more logical. So instead of being people oriented, this person is more logical. The analytical temperament is, is very detail oriented. They like data. They like facts. They like, they like figures. The analytical loves problem solving and they feel successful when kind of the equation balances as a, as a speaker, this person is very thorough. However, the biggest weakness of this speaker is that he or she is very thorough. <laughs> so they may seem to others as being somewhat boring. Their, their delivery is often kind of unenthusiastic. Um, the next temperament is what I call the driver. This is what I am, by the way. These, these are folks who are direct. So they're the opposite of the of, of both the um, amiable and the analytical because these are going to be more direct people and more logical. So the driver is going to have that in common with the with the analytical. So the driver is the typical type A type personality. This this presenter will often speak with authority and with poise, even if the speaker is really nervous. And drivers are also very goal oriented. So you, they love to be in charge of projects and, and they love to, to kind of get to the goal line no matter what. Love to be in charge. The biggest weakness of this personality type, though, is that the drivers tend to offend people because we're kind of blunt. We tend to say things. There's a good chance that if you've been listening to the podcast for more than two or three or four sessions, that there's probably have been at least one 
time that I've said something where you're like, God, that, why did that guy say that? That's just very irritating, right? That's what we drivers do. We have a tendency to, to have that type of, of reaction to folks. Um, and then the last one is the expressive. So the expressive is the direct person that is more people-oriented. So direct, similar to the driver, and then people-oriented, similar to the amiable. So the real strength of the expressive type is their energy and their enthusiasm. They make things fun. Expressives are they're very social, they're creative, they have fantastic ideas, and they have a tendency to be able to get others to cooperate with them fairly effectively. The biggest weakness of the group, though, is that they they have poor follow-through skills. So they tend to get excited about an idea, and then they go gung-ho for a very short time, and then they move on to a new idea very quickly and, and leave the other one to, to let somebody else kind of follow through on so as I went through that list, there's a good chance that some of you are probably listening to that going, God, man, I could relate to a, a couple of those. Um, either, there are a couple of those that could kind of fit me. Uh, the thing to keep in mind is that no one is an absolute single personality type. We, we all have traits of every temperament. I mean, that's what makes us individuals. Um, so it, keep in mind that that. Um, you know, we're all products of our genes, you know, so as a result, we all have traits from our mothers and we also have traits from our fathers. So if your parents are both drivers, then you're likely also going to have high driver characteristics, most likely. Um, you're also if if you and your parents are both drivers. Um, you're most likely going to have very lively and forceful conversations at the at Thanksgiving table and stuff like that. Um, interestingly, though, we tend to be attracted to our opposites. And that's where this gets really interesting. You know, for instance, I, I'm a driver. I'm a high driver. Um, I'm direct and I'm logical. My wife, on the other hand, is very amiable. She's sweet and people oriented and she's also very indirect. So she's the exact opposite of me. That's why we have friends, right? So if it was up to me to have friends, yeah, I'd probably be a very lonely guy. But um, my wife, lots of friends, and and I make friends through her. So it's it's really fun. Um, my daughter, though, which is interesting, she is people-oriented just like her mom. So she's opposite of me in that respect. But she's also direct just like I am. So as a result, she's a very expressive type. My son, on the other hand, is very logical like me, but he's indirect like his mom. So he's a very analytical young guy. So in our household, we actually have all four personality temperaments. So we're all it, it's it's interesting how kind of um, nature and, and humanity um, kind of balances out a little bit. But it's it's and, and it's fun if you kind of do some studies on this. But the most important thing to understand about the personalities is that you may see the world differently than your loved ones. You may see the, the world differently than your friends. You may see the world differently than your coworkers. You, you just, basically what's happening is you just have a different shade of glasses on. Um, that means that you're going to have strengths that your loved ones and your friends and your coworkers don't have. Um, it, it, what's fun in my family, just because we have all four personality types, is that every single one of us has, has strengths that the others of us don't have. And it's... It's really fun. I mean, like, like for instance, if um, like my son Ben, he's got a memory that will not stop. So basically, if there's something that we need to remember, we just tell him. <laughs> we tell him, and then he will remember it in great detail, right? If um, um, you know, for my daughter, she's really creative and she's really into art and stuff like that. So she's you know into photography and all kinds of cool stuff that that um, I I, I kind of like, but I've never really excelled at it. So. 
Each one of us have our own kind of different strengths and weaknesses. And if you understand that, you can kind of see how you can use that as a way to become a better presenter and a better speaker. So once you understand these personality types and and um, you can really begin to reduce that public speaking fear. For instance, if you are an expressive and you, ha- you basically if you ha- if you are an expressive, that means you're going to have that natural enthusiasm. You're going to speak a little bit faster than the average person. You're going to um, use gestures more effectively. Th- those are kind of things that will happen just as a result of you having the strength of being an expressive. However, your weakness is that you're often going to shoot from the hip a little too much. As a result, your audiences may leave your presentations and feel like you were a little vague. You weren't specific enough. So to fix this, all you really have to do, if you know that's your your weakness, is to create more of a clear outline with your main points and then use examples as a way to add specificity to your content. So add store, add some stories and examples and things like that into your into your pre-established outline. Don't just kind of make it up as you go and you'll do a whole lot better. If you happen to be a driver like I am, then you will likely speak with authority and poise. However, your delivery may turn off audiences. So adding more examples and self-deprecating humor, you'll notice I kind of use that a lot. I'll kind of tell stories about how I screwed stuff up because I screw stuff up all all the time. And if I tell a story about that, I can keep you from making the same mistake that I made. Um, but you add those into your presentations and it'll help you connect with the audience. It'll make you appear less kind of arrogant and that kind of thing. If you're more of an analytical person, your logic is going to be very sound. However, your delivery may be perceived as being boring. So the easiest solution is to reduce the number of items that you cover in your presentation. Instead of covering 150 gazillion, cover a few and, and then increase the number of examples and stories that you have to make it more interesting. That's going to add more energy and enthusiasm and you'll start and you'll begin to take on some of the characteristics of the expressive. And then finally, if you're amiable, then your audience will absolutely love you. However, however, you may feel very self-conscious when you stand up to speak. So by starting off your presentation with a warm success story or something like that, you can win over even the, the most stoic of, of groups. So um, did you actually did you catch the pattern that I kind of laid out there about how to maximize your personality strengths Um, for each one of those personalities? The solution was to insert more examples and stories into your presentations. So why does this work? Well, most people, when they're thinking about personality strengths and weaknesses, they begin to analyze the strengths and weaknesses of their own personal selves. Uh, and and then they'll start to analyze the strengths and weaknesses of other people that are different from them. And they almost always they look exclusively at the difference in all of the different personality types. When we do this, we forget that our goal isn't to communicate just with people like me. You know, sometimes what's, what will happen is folks will take a personality temperament test and they'll say, oh, well, I'm a driver, so I can be a jerk off. Right? I can be a jerk. I can, I can be a doofus and, or I can be arrogant. And, and that's the way I, the people will have to listen to me because that's the way I speak and there's nothing I can do about it. No, that's not, that's not it at all. Basically, if you are communicating in your driver ish type ways, then you're most likely going to turn off, you know, three quarters of your, maybe not turn off, but at least you're not going to connect as well anyway with three quarters of your audience. 
And our goal is to communicate with everybody. So um, if you, so if if we're doing our our natural kind of thing, we're only going to connect with a small percentage of, pe- of the people that are in our audience. So if you've ever experienced a miscommunication, by the way, with your significant other, with your wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, um, husband, that kind of thing, then you probably have experienced something like this. The the person when 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 we're communicating with somebody, we like to communicate in our natural way, but the other person, the person who's listening to us or the person who's communicating back with us, maybe maybe seeing things or hearing things in a totally different way than what we do. So um, basically what we've done over the last 20 years or so at at Fearless Presentations is we've identified some very specific things that all four personality types share, like everybody likes stories. So if you insert stories into your presentation, I don't care if you're an analytical type and you think, oh, no, we people just want facts and data. They don't want my stories. They do. They want the stories. They want examples. Three quarters of your of your audience will want to hear stories and examples because they because you're confusing them with the data. Does that make sense? So basically, um, we've identified about six different things that if you understand these concepts and you insert these into your presentations, you can communicate with the masses in a much more effective way. So if you if you've listened to the podcast over a while and and you you will likely kind of have picked up on what those six things are. But if you really want to kind of get them all down very quickly, just come to one of our classes. Go to fearlesspresentations.com, register for one of our fearless presentations classes. We can help you kind of get through it in a very, very quick period of time, two days or less anyway. So um, hopefully this has been very helpful for you. If you um, if you have any questions about this, make sure and leave a comment on the on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you are, wherever you're listening to us. Um, Make sure and subscribe to the podcast, by the way, and check out the High Impact Leaders podcast as well. So we'll see you next week on the Fearless Presentations podcast. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.